Blaine and Mickey, 104.5. What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday to you. Going to talk a little Buccaneers here coming up in just a few minutes with Rick Stroud. Fellow Arkansas State grad, by the way, Rick what? Stroud. There's two of us in the media. He's the other one. <laughs> it's so, only two of you guys? Yeah, we have a meeting every year and pay dues. It's just two uh, of us. We okay. can Zoom, get yeah. it done. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Ball State's known for media. You know, Kelly Rogers. Found out the other day, she's a Ball State guy. Our guy, George Bremer, covers the Colts. Yep. No doubt. Yeah, chirp, we, chirp to George Bremer. You know, that's not even counting, you know, me. Well, I mean, we got to <laughs> count you. I don't think I'm on the list. I don't think they count me. I think they got to count you. I don't think they count me at Arkansas State. Now, I don't know. Maybe my checks aren't big well, enough. I don't it's because you, you left Arkansas and they X you off the list. I man. think they did, boy. Once, <laughs> it's like the Hotel California. You can check out anytime you like, but you're never supposed to leave. They don't I'm, have classrooms named after you guys at both yeah. those schools? They should have something named after Blaine. I mean, he only played 10 years in the NFL. But there's, yeah. there's the only thing named after me is something that I paid for to put my name <laughs> on it. What is it? I have a seat in the uh, meeting room. In the new football complex. Oh, well, the yeah. The Mickey Ryan seat. Yeah, I paid for those before. Then you wonder whose else's name going to be there next year. Right. Then they keep adding the plates to everybody else. I'm like, well, crap. It's the Blaine Bishop seat and another yeah. guy yeah, and maybe, another guy. Maybe if I donate a little bit more money, they they would they probably uh, would then name a building after me. I think they're waiting patiently. <laughs> Just circling quietly. I'm Hall of Fame there, so I am, I am in that. There. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, you you're in the Senior Bowl Hall of Fame. I, I know because I've, I've been, I've I've seen you know your interactions with the Senior Bowl. I remember you going down and getting into that. And you're in the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame because I was there that night. I got a picture of you standing behind me. You got your suit on and your plaque, and yeah, and I got a picture with your son yesterday. And you got a picture of my son. So now you have one picture of both of us, both generations. Yeah, uh, in the Ball State Hall of Fame. That's got to be a pretty cool thing to be in any Hall of Fame because most of us don't ever get to experience that, and you're in a bunch of them. That's a cool thing. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool. You know what's so funny? I My goal at any time was never to be in any Hall of Fame. If you And it's a great honor, and I'm, I'm super psyched about it. Uh, it's just interesting. Sometimes you hear some guys say, oh, my goal was to get in the Hall of Fame, and I'm going, man, I didn't, I didn't think that far ahead. Right. All I could do was try to always be the best version of me. And if that equated to getting in the Hall of Fame, that'd be awesome. But, uh, no, I was always just, you know, living in the moment, trying to be the best player I can be. Just keep going and keep grinding and see what happens. And uh, very, very fortunate to be, be in those Hall of Fame. So, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited about those. I didn't, that was something that I didn't expect. No different than I didn't expect to be the commencement speaker. Ball stage. I mean, th- those are things you you don't have on the checklist to say those are the things I want to do. And then when when you get asked to do certain things, you go, "Oh man, there's no way I could say no." <laughs> That's the com- yeah. that was pretty recent, right? The commencement yeah, yeah, thing that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You got to do that. That's pressure. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a little bit pressure. No, actually, just writing the speech was more so the pressure. Speaking in front of people, uh, I, I don't know. I've been comfortable with that for a long time. Uh, I, I've been speaking and speaking engagements since I met uh, Brian Gumble when I was 12, and he was a keynote speaker at uh, Steak and Burger Dinner when I was a boys club, uh, Youth of the Year. Uh, so it's been going on for a long time, let alone being captain of every level I've ever been at. But, uh, yeah, even speaking at the AFC uh, Championship when we got back here. Yeah, because I told everybody we brought a can of whoop ass. I remember that. Oh, is I that there. I can say that on air? I hope I if not, then I'll, I'll see you guys later. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> man, that that night, and and we're just we're going off script here for a second, like we do. 
that night was, that was fun. That was because I, I had moved here. I, I was a television anchor in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I quit TV. And I ninety nine, right? And I just came here, and so I I was getting. I got to go to a couple games that year, um, and I was just 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 enjoying going to the games. And I remember a buddy called me. There's no cell phones or anything yet, and the guy was like, "We have to go to the stadium because the team is going to come to the stadium." And yeah, we so, had no idea that that's what was going on until we get to the airport. Yep, and they said, "Hey, we got to go to the stadium." After the win in Jacksonville. And at that time, was. we walked through the airport. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, you get on the bus, you know, after you oh, get no. off the plane. I would imagine people were going crazy in the airport. Oh, it was stacked. We could, they had to make, a, you know, an area where we could walk, you know, so everybody was, all the players are following, you know, the little trail there, if you want to give it that, in the airport. So that was fascinating just to see all the fans. And then when we get to the stadium, the lower bowl was pretty much packed. Yeah, it, was it was packed. It was awesome. And it was cold that night, and I'll never forget crazy. There were dudes with no shirts on who had put like Go Titans G and then the next guy O oh, and then did they? And the guys with no shirts and I saw them and nobody had again, there were no phones, but I, I thought that'd be fun to have a picture of those guys. And I have the print of the Tennessean the next day uh-huh. where it had like pictures from the game. There's a picture of Derek Mason on the on the kick return. Mm-hmm. Uh and it had a picture of those guys with no shirts on from that night. But but you know when you it was all new to all of us. The yeah, stadium was. was new. The team was just called the Titans, Titans. in 99. Mm-hmm. So everything that happened had never happened before. So we'd never had a team here that made the playoffs. Yeah. So you guys go down to Jacksonville. You beat them. People just start third calling. Third time. People's, yes, third wow. time. Crazy. And they were good. Like, they still tell the tale in Jacksonville of the Titans took our Super Bowl. Yeah. So they hate <laughs> Titans like the Titans hate the Ravens. Yeah. And we know because some of their people have told us that. Um, but you'd never done anything like that before. So a guy, I was like, can we even get in the stadium? Will it be open? And the guy's like, I heard it's going to be open. So we just drive to the stadium and the lights are on and on the Titan Tron is the Rams game. And we're thinking, you know, uh Oh, because Ricky Prohl caught like a late pass. It was against Tampa Bay. Wasn't yeah. It beat yeah. Tampa Bay when in they the had, corner. they had, uh, the little guy from Tampa who was quarterback, Sean, um, Smith or, uh, I want to say Sean's, uh, but King, Sean King, who only played a few years, but he was Tampa's quarterback. Yeah, I all think the, he's a coach in Florida, one of the Florida schools, South Florida, maybe. So they get all the way, they get to the championship game because the Titans are about to play the Bucks. So here we go. We'll talk to Rick Stroud in a minute. Rams sneak out that win. We all watch it. And then all of a sudden on the Titan Tron, there's a camera of the caravan coming into the stadium. And people just started going absolutely crazy, Did just cheering for a shot of the buses pulling into the stadium. And the buses pulled, like, down the ramp right. and, like, right there. Yeah. And you guys start getting out, and they played the woo-hoo. And yeah. they, and just like the <laughs> I game. I used to get pumped up when oh. I hear that. Woo-hoo. Yeah, I used to get jacked. And the Duke, yeah. that's safety. You know, the, one of the first Dang, things that I think up. of when that happened is I'm standing on the podium there with the living legend. Bruce, Bruce Matthews. Matthews, and I was so excited for him. I mean, almost really bringing tears to my eyes because I'd look at his face. I said, man, we finally made it here. He says, it's been a long road for me. I would go, wow. Yeah. The legend. This is his first time ever playing the Super Bowl. This guy almost plays 20 years in the league, and this is his first trip to the Super Bowl. Uh, so I was super jacked and pumped. Uh, I think after he spoke that I was – yeah, that I spoke. So I, I was, man, I, I was 
giddy at the same time, but so pumped up for him and uh, realizing that looking at him, this may be our only shot. Yep. We better seize the moment. Uh, and unfortunately, we didn't. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was it, the day. It was a great run, and and hopefully this year's team can make that kind of run. Yep, and, and galvanize the city like that again. Because man, it was on a whole nother level. And I'm talking about the fan base and having this place rocking, and that stadium rocking. So let's let's see if we can make that happen. Come on, Julio. Julio, where are you, Julio? He did walk out yesterday at the end of that practice. He just walked out in a pair of shorts and has jersey People on. People went crazy, didn't they? People went absolutely crazy. You heard this, like, <sighs> it got louder and louder. I thought, what's wrong with people? And, I, and it was just a picture of Julio walking down the Jumbotron. Uh, they cannot wait. And you, I can't wait. I can't either. wait. We Can't wait to hear from Rick Stroud. We'll do that next. What's going on in Tampa? Let's go straight to the source. Our buddy Rick Stroud from uh, the Tampa Tribune, I believe it is, joins us next here on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Rick Stroud joins us now with the Tampa Bay Times. So let me get it right. Rick, I'm going to get it right. I promise you, man, I won't shortchange a fellow Arkansas State alum and journalist on the radio here in Nashville. Great to talk to you. Go Wolves, man. Uh, it's been a long time. Or Wolves up, I should say. How's it going? It's going great. <laughs> I, now, Blaine went to Ball State, and he was naming all the Ball State uh, alums who are, you know, famous media people like himself. Now, he got uh, to be – Well, I'll start with David Letterman. Okay. Is, so, that, it, is that considered media? Uh, yeah, he's with the media. <laughs> so, I'm like, well, I, I, other than Rick Stroud and me, I don't know how long the list is from Arkansas State. It's long. Rick is big time. <laughs> It's long. You just yeah. – it's so many you can't name them all. So, I understand. And I'll tell you this too, Blaine. He's like you. He was an athlete, and now he's he's a baseball player. So, oh, so you and Rick, I feel I, I may as well just like hang up oh. myself and let you guys talk sports and oh. talk about the game coming oh, up. No, no, those are, you know those baseball guys are really smart and strategic. You know about <laughs> they had the patience to wait for the right pitch. Me, not so much. <laughs> yeah, it's a. I tell you what, it's a different animal covering it, um, covering football, and uh, I have such an appreciation for what you guys do, man. I. It takes a different cat to play football. Let me just say that straight up. But uh, um, but it's been fun. I've done it for a long time and uh, covered covered Blaine in, in many games uh, from afar and, and enjoyed his work. And of course, the Titans had it going back in the day, and uh, and they do again. So uh, this should be a couple of good days coming on uh, down here in Tampa. I think. All right. Before I hand this to Blaine, I have to ask you about this, Rick. Since you you mentioned covering Blaine and covering those teams, I know you covered the Bucks for for years now and done a fantastic job. The I, I'm a big uniform guy. The idea that we might see the creamsicle Bucks and the Houston Oilers uniforms <laughs> back on the field that makes my eyes water. I'm so happy oh, about my. it. He loves unis. You know, I wish they'd go. I mean, you know, apparently this helmet rule thing is kind of, and I don't get it. Right? Like, I, I understand the concussion protocols and the and the equipment and all of that but um you know in college football they've got about 27 helmets per team and i just don't see where there's not enough money to to have more than one helmet in a uh in an nfl locker room so uh but we're looking forward to one day getting the cream sickles back they they were not very popular when they wore them and that's primarily because they stunk um at that time but 
but everybody seems to like him. We'd like to see him come back, and uh, hopefully, maybe before Brady quits at age fifty-five, he'll get a chance to wear the orange too. <laughs> Rick Stroud joins us at NFL Stroud. He covers the Bucks for the Tampa Bay Times in Tampa. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for coming over, Rick. Uh, I have to ask about a local kid uh, that you guys drafted a couple years ago. That's Keyshawn Vaughn. How has he looked in now his second camp uh, moving forward? Is he, you know, probably uh, maybe getting a little bit more playing time or is he still kind of going to be that third option uh, there for you at running back? Well, he's going to get a lot more playing time, especially in this preseason. And he, he was one of the standouts in their first game. It wasn't a very good game offensively. Um, I think what they liked about it is that he ran the ball hard. Um, but primarily, you know, this Blaine, you, you got to make the team on special teams. And he did not play that at Vanderbilt. They had no training camp a year ago. Um, you know, he, he got off to a slow start last season. But uh, he was playing some gunner, and, and they clocked him at 22 miles an hour on one coverage, which is really fast even for him. And, um, you know, he's, he's really the only running back under contract after this year. You think Ronald Jones is going to be a free agent. Leonard Fournette is back for a year. Um, you know, so – I think that, that they, they think Keyshawn's one of the more improved players. He had a little, little ways to go, mm-hmm. um, but he's doing a nice job. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be in that running back room, which, uh, which is a pretty good one now with Giovanni Bernard coming in. Oh, man, he's got a nice list of running backs. Well, let's talk about the quarterback and not Tom Brady. We know what the GOAT is, right? Who's behind him and how they're progressing? We've got uh, Trask and I think is Blank Abbott there. Who's the other quarterbacks? Well, they got well. Ryan Griffin has been here for like eight years. He's had an unbelievable career <laughs> right. for a guy that's only attempted four more passes than you and me. Um, and you may have thrown one, Blaine. I, I haven't, but he's been a guy that's been on the, the practice squad and the regular roster as a number three. But, you know, behind Brady uh, is, is, is Gabbert, uh, and, and I think that's pretty solid. You know, they, they drafted Kyle Trask out of Florida with, a, I think, the, the final pick of the second round. And, um, you know, he's going to do what he's always done in his career. He didn't, he didn't start in high school. He's behind Eric King. Uh, when he got a chance to play at Florida after Felipe Franks moved on or got injured, uh, he lit it up. And, and that's sort of what he's going to have here. You know, in, in the perfect world, he has a redshirt season or two uh, and, you know, uh, gets, to, gets to know the offense. He's a quick study. He's a guy that can win from the pocket, which is – what Brady does, so he has a, a perfect seat uh, to see how the best in the world does it. And, and I think that, uh, you know, he's handling a lot of things really well. And, you know, it's uh, – I mean, listen, if, if something happens to Tom Brady, it's, it's not going to be a good thing whoever has to play. But um, that's sort of the pecking order right now. And maybe Gabbert – or I'm sorry, maybe Griffin gets on the practice squad with the expanded uh, rosters and whatnot. But, uh, I, you know, you're not going to wave – you're not going to waive Kyle Trask because he would get claimed. And so uh, he's on this football team. So I think those are your top three. Well, Rick Stroud of uh, Tampa Bay Times and at TampaBay.com. Yeah, I, I have literally written this down to, to ask you about Ryan Griffin. I saw he struggled in the first preseason game. The first preseason game. This is a real thing. He has been in the league since 2013. He has thrown four passes. Mm. And, Rick, people talk about Chase Daniel all the time. Like, oh, that guy – he hadn't thrown any passes until 2019. That's when he threw his four passes. And people were calling him Moonlight Graham and everything else just <laughs> just because of – this guy's literally been taking NFL paychecks for a decade and had not thrown a pass until 2019. 
that's the book you need to write is about this dude. Well, it's, you know, and I like him a lot. I mean, and, and you guys know this. They don't just hand these jobs out, right? You've actually <laughs> got to be able to no. play a little bit. I mean, you know, you can't fake it. Uh, you've got to go out there and practice and do some things. Uh, where's number four? We call him RG4. Um, you know, he's, <laughs> he's not quite RG3, but uh, his claim to fame, as it turns out, and it will be forever on T-shirts and memes around the world, is he's a guy that held up Tom Brady after the – Boat parade when he had too much of, uh, you know, avocado tequila. So you can see Ryan Griffin in that picture being the backup quarterback, literally holding up the starting quarterback uh, in that in that boat parade. So uh, you know, it is a is an amazing career when you think about it. He was Moonlight Graham until he got in the game, and he, you know, he's made uh, over three and a half, I think, million dollars. I mean, it's good work if he can get it, but again, I'm sure he'd rather play and. Uh, by the same token, it's it's not it's not a bad job. Real quick, since you said avocado tequila on Tom Brady, I have to ask: Has he talked about the TB twelve, or has anybody asked him questions about his his brain being pliable? Because we we got that. Well, I mean, before I, and I was like, listen, what? Blaine, I, I've never seen anything like this guy, um, and I don't know what he does, but we should all do it. And you know, he did have his fun. Uh, I, I think he cuts it loose about five times a year, maybe. Um, but it's real, you know, and, and I've, I've spent some time with Alex Guerrero, talked to him a lot about the TB12, which they've opened a, you know, a facility here that a lot of the players uh, use for recovery uh, in addition to what they get with the training staff. They go over there, you know, after practice and, and you know, get the plyometrics and, you know, anything else that, uh, that they need to do to, to rehab from some injuries, and they all swear by it. And why wouldn't you do what Tom Brady does? I mean, it, it, you know. There's not many like him that will make that sacrifice nutritionally and everything else that he does, uh, you know, with his body. But um, when you watch the guy at 44, he, he has no appreciable deterioration in his arm strength. He can still absolutely spin it. Um, says his, he feels better now than he has in 14 years. He's not wearing a knee sleeve. He got, you know, surgery on, a, on, on what was a torn MCL that nobody knew he played with or very few people knew he played with last season. So, um, it's really something to see, and, and I think I think it's just helped the entire team, especially these young guys, look up to him and realize what, what it takes to be a pro. Rick Stroud, our guest. So I, I wrote this down to ask you, and, and if you say, I don't know, then that's okay too, but you're on his beat now. You obviously are, are around him. You'd be around the other people who are around him on a daily basis. Do you have an idea or a theory if he hadn't gone to Tampa Bay, where would he have gone? Well, I mean, there were several teams that, that he was talking to. Uh, you know, the Chargers were certainly one of them. Uh, I don't know how serious he was necessarily about going there. You know, you, you have to surmise that, you know, his relationship with Mike Brable was, was one that he would have tapped into at some level. I don't know, again, what the interest was with, with Ryan uh, Tannehill there. Uh We'd have to ask John Robinson. Uh, you know, I, I think that – I think he looked at this situation. I think he wanted to stay on the East Coast. He knew the roster pretty well. Um, you know, I, I think we'd be hard-pressed not to believe that San Francisco wasn't a place that he would have liked to have gone. Yeah. Just from the standpoint that that's his home uh, and that's the team he grew up rooting for. Joe Montana, Steve Young were the guys he would watch, you know, back in the day. And, and I think – you know, had they had a different situation, uh, they had just given Jimmy Garoppolo a ton of money. I've talked to John Lynch about this. They 
they they were more or less contacted, I think, by Brady's people. They didn't pursue him necessarily, but they had to think about it. And now we know, of course, you know, where that situation is with Garoppolo and they draft the Trey Lance. So you wonder if uh, if maybe they should have pulled the trigger on that. But I don't know who he was talking about in the barbershop. <laughs> if it was Ryan Tannehill, you know, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, there were, there were a number of teams, and it may not have been any of them. You know, my theory is that, that perhaps – he wants all. He wants every team that talked to him to think that they were the ones that missed the boat, and so uh, that's just how Brady is. But you know, it's uh, it's interesting to to try to speculate about where he would have gone. But all I know is he came to Tampa Bay, and look, the, since he since he's arrived here, the hockey team won two Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. The uh, baseball team got in the World Series, and they won a Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. there's something to it. Rick Stroud joins us from the city of champions, uh, Tampa, Florida. He's at NFL Stroud on Twitter, writes for the Tampa Bay Times. Well, Rick, how is the health of the team? Do they have any serious injury to some, you know, let's say uh, veteran starting guys? Uh, uh, so where's the health? They're pretty good. I mean, I think, you know, the one thing about Bruce Arians, you'd love playing with him later in your career, playing mm-hmm. for him, because he does as good a job of taking care of, of, of older guys. And he's got a bunch of them, right? Like a lot of them came back 22 starters from Indomitian Sioux. Um, you know, we know that Jason Pierre, Paul Levante, David, those guys are getting up in age and it's rare to see, you know, veteran players become less injured and more productive as their career goes on. But those guys know how to prepare and he gives them their legs and makes sure that they're ready for the three hours on Saturday or Sunday or whenever they're playing. Um, they don't have any, any major injuries to the, to the front-line guys. Um, they've got some depth issues on the offensive line. They've had you know, a couple centers, including the guy they drafted from Notre Dame, Robert Haynes. He's been out for a little while. So you know, you're, you're a little nervous. Uh, they don't plan to play uh, any of their starters really in this game on Saturday because they're going to beat each other up here in the next two days. And Bruce thinks that's going to be enough physicality. You get to protect your quarterback and do some things. Um, you know, that way uh, with the non-contact on that position. So uh, really it's just a matter of, uh, you know, trying to get some of the depth healed up on the offensive line. And, you know, L.J. Howard's coming back from a torn Achilles. He's kind of been on a pitch count a little bit. They've given him some days off to bring that, that injury back, but he looks good. Um, so right now I think they're, they're about as healthy as they could be if they could keep it this way. Until that game against Dallas, September ninth, they'd be pretty pretty happy about that. What's the biggest competition, uh, Rick? Uh, I guess in camp or battle, you're looking for that's on offense and defense, or if there's any. Well, again, you know, when you got your 22 guys coming back, right. it's not that they're guaranteed jobs, but uh, they're pretty close to it. So, you know, really, you know, on this team, it's unique. I don't think this has happened since 1977 with the Raiders when you had this many starters back. Mm, um, so it's all about, you know, who's going to be that sixth receiver. They got a kid named Jalen Darden that, that they got, um, you know, from uh, North Texas, I believe. And, and, you know, he's an electric kick returner, another speed guy. They're very deep at wide receivers. You guys all know, you know, having an, an Antonio Brown back uh, this time for maybe 17 games of the regular season instead of eight is, is something that's, uh, that's intriguing. He looks great. Even even at his age, he keeps himself in tremendous shape. So um, there's a lot of competition, uh, you know, across the board. I think I think the uh, you know the edge rushers. You had a guy like Joe Tryon. He's going to be in the mix in a rotation with Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. 
Um, so really you're talking about, you know, another inside linebacker, you know, which may be KJ Britt from Auburn, um, you know, just, just sort of depth spots as much as anything. And, and, and then just fortifying your offensive line, um, you know, finding that swing tackle, um, you know, another guy that can maybe play inside and outside if he needs to. Um, so that's kind of where they're at in terms of, of evaluating. And, and then, you know, in the secondary, um, you need some guys there as well, especially at the safety position right now, because they, they do have an injury or two with Jordan Whitehead uh, at safety. So that's, that's really about it, guys. I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding you now. This team is reloading. They're, they are in a win-now mode, win-again mode, and that's what their focus is. Man, it sounds like uh, a repeat is not something that uh, they are taking lightly. They they firmly believe it with the, the players they have. I guess, in summary, give us uh, uh, what happened versus the Bengals uh, in their first preseason game. And I know a lot of the starters didn't play, but just in summary, how did they look offensively and defensively? Well, it was a, it was a sloppy game. They, they didn't look good. You know, uh, the starters played about six plays. Brady got sacked on a sixth play, and, and then his night was over, <laughs> wisely so. Um, you know, I question whether – he should play at all because of what he means to the team. And, and, and yet Bruce Arian said he'll probably play a lot of the starters in the final preseason game in Houston uh, a little bit uh, in that one, if not a lot. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But, but primarily it was, you know, um, a lot of sloppy play turnovers. They, they created four turnovers. Uh, they threw a couple of interceptions again with Ryan Griffin and, you know, they, they, they dropped some balls. I think Trask should have had a better night. He was 415, but he had, you know, 255, 60-yard throws that were on the money that receivers, one of which is now not with the team, uh, dropped. So, you know, it, it looked bad. Um, and the tackling, especially this time of year, Blaine, you know this, that, you know, guys aren't taking people to the ground. You go out in preseason and they're not wrapping up. They don't, they don't do a very good job in the tackling department. It's probably one of the worst tackling games they've seen. So it's no excuse. You're not you're not playing your frontline guys, but you, you're all NFL players at this point. And so they would hope for a, a much better practice these next two days, and then you know then hopefully play better on Saturday night. Oh, the Shroud, uh, Tampa Bay Times. Rick, it's interesting. Rob Gronkowski. I, I wondered. Okay, he he took a year off. How good does he feel? We came back, and and he had some Gronk moments, and maybe not some 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 not so Gronk moments. But in the Super Bowl, makes a couple of real big plays wins the Super Bowl, and I think a lot of people thought he'll just ride off into the sunset. Not only did he not do that, that dude's at training camp again and seems to be just rejuvenated. Yeah, you know, and the reason is that Tom Brady asked him to, and and it's really as simple as that. Um, Tom's very influential. He got him to come out of retirement. You know, uh, true story about last year, he was in no shape to play. And, you know, his body was healed up. That was the good news. He took a year off and all those bad bumps and bruises and breaks, you know, uh, started to go away. And so that's the good thing. Um, the bad thing is there was no training camp or off-season program. So they did these virtual workouts where they would send you, you know, uh, here's, what your, here's what your workout is. Send us a tape that shows us you're doing it. And so Rob got the idea that, you know, he had to run one day. So he just changed his shirt about five times and sent in five different posts of him running. <laughs> it was really just one one jog that he took and, and just kept changing shirts. So he he cut some some corners and then we got into training camp. Uh, that heat was too much for him. So he's in much better shape this year. There's no question about it. After playing you know a full season of football and 
he looks great. It, it, the guy, you know, I know he has this kind of goofy reputation. And he's an absolute fun guy and a joy to be around. What you see is who he is all the time, but he's a serious worker, um, loves the game, you know, can block, can, uh, you know, I saw him in one game, 55 snaps, he blocked 44 times, or 50, 54 times out of 55 snaps. Does that sound familiar at all to you, Blaine? I don't know. Hmm. But but he did it, and he didn't complain about it. And I think when you have people that are willing to, to do whatever it takes to win with those kind of Hall of Fame credentials, it's pretty easy for the rest of the guys to fall in line. All right, I just have one last question on the way out. And, and you alluded to this earlier. They brought everybody back. In the salary cap era, I know Tom Brady's persuasive. I know people want to play with him. How in the world did they bring everybody back? Well, I think you got to credit Mike Greenberg. I mean, these guys aren't playing for free. He's their cap guy, um, the director of, uh, I think, vice president of football administration. They push the money back. There's no question that they'll be you know, paying some of the rent uh, in future years. It's not a ton, uh, but it is some. I just think, you know, when the window is this small, who knows? I mean, maybe Brady will play longer or he has than we think he would. Um, but guys had so much fun last year, and winning is fun, right? I mean, it's the chicken and the egg thing, but culture is winning. And, and when that guy walked in the building, he's all about winning, and the culture changed pretty quickly. Um, a lot of these guys are at the end of their career. They want to see how many rings they can win, um, and that's some of them. That's the only reason they're playing, you know. And I think they had they enjoyed each other. It's really an unselfish bunch. It's rare to get a guy like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to say. Hey, I don't care how many balls I catch, bring in all the players you want to. We just want to win. And, you know, they had to do it during COVID when there wasn't a lot of fans. Um, they got to play at home for the Super Bowl, but there's only 25,000. I think these guys want to do something that's rare, which is win back-to-back and do it, you know, do it with everybody in the, in, in the, in the stands. Because much like Tennessee, uh, when, when the Bucks are winning and they fill that stadium, it's rocking. So, that, to me, as much as anything, they want to be uh, together again and, and see if they can't make this happen under hopefully more normal conditions than what we had a year ago. Rick, you're great at writing. You're great on the radio. Man, that, that Arkansas State education is just amazing. Just, <laughs> just to see how talented they made right. you at everything, man. Congratulations. Yeah, well, you know, it is the Harvard of the South, as you know. Uh, and, you know, I'm just happy to be on with enough former Red Wolf and Good luck to you guys up there in Nashville. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how the Titans do here these next couple of days. It should be fun. That sounds great. Thank you, man. Always great to catch up with you. All right. Appreciate it, buddy. The great Rick Stroud, at NFL Stroud on Twitter. You want to know what's going on in Tampa. He's also got a podcast, uh, Sports Day Tampa Bay. You want to check out that as well. When we come back, what did Taylor Lewan say earlier this week? He notoriously does not like these. He had an interesting tweet with me that I'll, I'll share with you. A couple years ago when the oh, Patriots yeah. came to town and he got uh, asked about joint practices again this week, you will want to hear what he said next. Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Appreciate Rick Stroud joining us today. Uh, good dude. I met him at Titans practice the last time the Bucks were here. And somebody said, hey, you guys have something in common. He played baseball literally at Arkansas State with my cousin Jim and told me all these stories. And we had been to all the same your place. cousin Jim? Yes, which mm. were boring because Jim's boring. I love him to death. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I mean, well, considering the sport. 
Yes. Nice and quiet. Try to have a lot of fun. You make up all these games so you can enjoy yourself because it gets a little boring. Shoot sunflower seeds. And, and they, well, anyway, Stroud, Stroud's an awesome dude. He's covered the, the Buccaneers forever. So, man, uh, he's doing guy. it down there, man. He, he acted as though uh, Tom Brady's the good luck charm, man, for all the major league sports down there in Florida. That should Tampa scare Bay. people to death. Him talking about Tom Brady like, he said he feels better than he does in 14 years. He said, I've never seen a guy like that. And Stroud doesn't BS. Yeah. I mean, he's that old school oh. newspaper guy, call it like he sees it. He said, his arm strength's not any different at all. Yeah. And you've well, talked I about to, I said that. You've before. been saying that a yeah, lot People around kept here. on saying, oh, you know why people kept saying that? He'd have an underthrown ball, and then they just wanted to use the age against him. Right. That was it. Well, then you go watch the whole entire game. You go, well, he's still making throws. He got actually hit on that throw. Yeah. Or he threw it late. I mean, you know, it was nothing correlated to me. That's why I said I'm going to go watch. That's why, I, and I'm always the why guy or, well, I got to believe it when I see it. You know, I can't base it off of what everybody's saying. I got to see it for myself. Um, so, you know, sometimes you got to go do your homework to make sure, uh, you know, what's really going on out there. So, yeah, he definitely has enough arm strength, plenty. At all. You know who did show up, though, with the arm strength issues? Drew Brees. Yeah. You could see it. Oh, gosh. It was and hard. everybody was talking about it, but I went and confirmed by watching multiple games and go, uh-oh. Yeah, there, there's something to this one. And just and, and he could still be playing, to be honest, right now. Because mine was so sharp. sharp. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, he got kind of like Peyton Manning did, even like Phillip Rivers. You watched Phillip Rivers out here last oh, year. Yeah. Occasionally, he'd have a little something behind one of the throws. Most of the time, he was just going strict anticipation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was throwing. He, he got to get rid of 30 yards. It's, yeah. <laughs> I got to let it go. But you just be like, where in the world is he? Oh, oh, okay. He was throwing so early on mm-hmm. just to get the ball down there. And it's pretty remarkable how accurate and, and how good Phillip Rivers still was without a lot of gas in the arm tank. Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor Lewan and the Titans hope to have some gas in the tank because they're about to practice a couple of days. We were talking about the Bucks being against Tampa Bay against the Bucks, the World Champs, and they came here and practiced what three years ago. And Taylor one got asked by Buck Rising basically about what do you enjoy about these joint practices. This was his response, and he hearkened back to those days against the Bucks. Looking forward to, uh, you know, I guess the beach is down there. <laughs> like what that as a joint practice, man. It's not just one bat down there. They were obviously here a couple of years ago. Yeah. You had some reps against JPP. Mm-hmm. Obviously not. Yeah, JPP the man. first day of practice a couple of years ago put an absolutely blistering move on me in one on ones. I think they posted it right after. I went one way, he went that way, and then he I, I was caught in a damn blender for a second. But no, those guys, I mean, they're the, they're Super Bowl champions for a reason. They're an extremely talented team everywhere at every position. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good time to go down there and engage where we're all at what we need to work on and, and uh, rely on the things that these coaches have taught us and what we part ourselves in. Yeah, he called it a bloodbath <laughs> that day at practice. He's, uh, it, they had the Patriots in town, what, a, a couple of years ago, and Tom Brady, and this was, what, uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And that had gotten tweeted out before the season that they would practice together, and, and I just tweeted something like announcement today, the Titans and Patriots will scrimmage, you know, going to be great or whatever I said. And Taylor Juan responded to my tweet and said, then you do it, Mickey. <laughs> oh, you're talking about two years ago? Today? Oh, yes. And so a couple of days later in a news conference, he was like, yeah, somebody tweeted me. It was you. It was Mickey. You did it. And I told him, you take on these guys for two days. 
this is tough work. You know, he always has a good time, but it is it is dang hard work when these when two teams do these joint practices. But his reactions to it are always hilarious. Hey man, Taylor Lewab, man. Whenever you know you're going against uh, another team in, in practicing and scrimmages and everything else, is a filling out period because you're not sure, especially if you don't play that team very often. Being an AFC NFC team, you're, you're trying to fill out what his strengths and weaknesses are. You watched a little bit of tape on him. You saying, "Ah, oh, okay, I can do this, this, and this." Then you realize some things, you know, that hey man, this guy's really good. Or he's like, "Ah, oh, I can, I can get away with certain things." I think that's what he's talking about. Uh, so you know, hey, they have a lot of elite players, but they're up in age. So I don't know how much or how hard they'll be practicing during that two days of, of scrimmaging, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, but you know they can always bring their best for one play, and they can make you look bad. And you never want to look bad on on tape. And I don't even care if it's practice against another team. All right, Calvin is on the line. Calvin, we got to get to 3HL, but you got like 20, 30 seconds. What you got, man? Oh, I just wanted to give a shout-out to Amy Adams and the Titans organization. That was a great practice at Nissan Stadium, man. The things they did for the kids as far as throwing them little footballs. I saw Roger Sapple go right up to a kid and give him a football. That was beautiful. I about lost my mind when I seen you, Vicky, man. I gave you a big shout-out. You're probably like, what the hell's wrong with this long-haired man? But, hey, it was beautiful, man. I just can't wait for a season. We're going to get that Super Bowl. We get it. Tighten up, baby. Ooh, Calvin, I like it. Calvin a lot just of coming hard like making it count. No yeah. doubt. All right. Well, we got to leave on that. We're all fired up now. Oh, yeah. I'm jacked, man. Oh, I was. Oh, dang! They're they're not here. They left. They're on the plane. I'm jacked up about Titans. I got no Titans. They're on the plane. We'll see. We'll hear all about it tomorrow. They landed already. Brexit. They may have. Three uh, HL is about to land next, right here on the zone. Three HL next. And as always, happy Tuesday. But stay safe out there because you know what? Everyone needs peace in their life. <laughs>